This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. remember the big moments in the movies we see, the big set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, the naked times. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Welcome to Movie Microscope. Kick it, Movie Microscope. Today's episode is The Fast and the Furious. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest movie, Microscope. My name is Nick Nunziata, and I am your gracious host. Alongside me, the dirigible, irritable, laser-encrusted, sword-swallowing, beast-making, love-making, stick-fucking Justin Waddell. How's it going, Justin? You know, it's all right, man. I appreciate it. appreciate that introduction. A lot of words in there. A lot of, a lot of truth. Yeah, I, I, drop, I drop hard science onto people. Mm-hmm. How you been doing out there? I'm fucking wearing it out all the time. Li- living the life of Riley, burning the candle at both ends. Mm-hmm. Living the life of a salesman and kicking ass and ass. Riley from Buffy? Kicking boss Nass and taking boss names. Joe Carnahan had a movie called Boss Level, I noticed. He did, um, yeah. uh, Did you watch that? I watched a percentage of it. And got worn out from all the uh, fancy pants. Got a good cast. By the way, Boba Fett was sitting on Boss Level in Empire. <laughs> They're gonna do a Bosk solo show, you think? Disney Plus. I feel like it's one of those characters that they would do a solo show, but it'd be like a cartoon and it would be jokey. It cast Mira Kirshner to play him, and Bosk would be the butt of the joke. Super serious bounty hunter, but then just keeps effing up. Or he just makes like lizard lizard humor. I got to go deliver live birth, unlike my mate. Man, I'm a cold blooded killer, literally, because I'm a lizard. And then he'll like flick his tongue out, you know, just to mm-hmm. emphasize. Do you think they put the extra S in his name to, to kind of emphasize his lizardness? Probably, yeah. Yeah. There's a little little wink by Lucas. I gotta leave this bounty hunt early. I gotta go finger that cloaca. Yeah, good old Bosk. Mm-hmm. In a in an astronaut's outfit. What was he in? He was like in a yeah. what was his outfit? A spacesuit, yeah. That's not giving me much. Describe it as orange. Orange, white. I don't remember. He was orange. I don't remember it being orange. He wasn't. It wasn't orange, huh? It may have been. Maybe it matched his skin color. Maybe he was a little bit of a chameleon and his suit changed with him. Like like the shirt tails. Remember those guys? Jabba's like offering him a deal. He's like, I will only take chameleon dollars. (laughs) The book of Boba Fett. A guana million dollars. (laughs) The book of Saw, Nick. It's uh, there. People are sitting in that theater right now. No, it's out in the theater, huh? Only in theaters. Has be, the Saw series has become its own uh, torture device. What? Since, I zoomed in. Since day one, by the way. <laughs> I zoomed in. I harshed it. Since day since day one. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I kind of lost the thread on that series. As soon as they dropped Tobin Bell. Yeah. When, when Tobin Bell is too big a name for your series, it's time to wrap it out. 
Somebody put um, a picture of him from one of the Saw movies where he was trying to blend in. Like he kind of had a cameo, just a, a one scene in one of the later ones. And he was dressed all casual and cool. Like he had a hoodie on. Yeah. <laughs> T-shirts. <laughs> but the world gives and it takes. And, and the universe is about, you know, duality <laughs> and balance. So I thought it was rather fitting to see Death at a Funeral 2 show up starring Tobin Bell. <laughs> Jigsaw had a point, Nick. His whole agenda, his whole philosophy i just uh, i just i i got what he meant i got what he was saying what was that i think he was mad or something about <laughs> wanted to put people in traps because he was mad you know the more i think about it it's not an ironclad premise yeah he got real angry and then he's like i'm gonna trap him yeah you know i'm gonna make him physically hurt yeah he failed compassion class but excelled in industrial arts Remember the whole thing, the whole twist was he was dying of cancer or something. That was his, it was like a Breaking Bad twist for the Saw series. Yeah. But didn't really, he kind of died over the period of seven movies, right? Yeah. Didn't even one time he was dead, but then they brought him back in on tape. Tobin Bell, man. Mm-hmm. Super glad he's out there. I know. On Twitter, on Insta, what? He's on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like one of his traps. He's playing the long game. It is. I wonder if I wonder if the uh, the new one has is that is that what they're doing? Is he is are they mad at like influencers or something? Right. Social That's, media is the target. What? Not a bad play. Tobin's like, well, Brian Blessed's got the whole Periscope thing down. I'm going to go over to TikTok. Kelsey Grammer also has the whole Periscope thing down. It's featuring what? featuring Bruce Campbell. There you go. And um, you're one of your favorites. Or was he in McHale's Navy? It might have been. It might have been Mikhail's Navy. I was thinking. He, he, I know Bruce Campbell was in it with French Stewart. That is a that is the first French Stewart reference on the movie Microscope, <laughs> and I pray the last. Ronald Reagan was all up in arms about Mikhail's Navy. Rachel Hunter used to French Stewart. That's right. Yeah. Can I spoil the ending? Not what? for not forever young. Rod Stewart. Yeah. He is, I wonder how his COVID's been, because he's still out there. By the way, I really, really hated the little redheaded kid in that video. Which video? In the Forever Young video. There's this little redheaded kid in the video that really wore me out. And it was, were they in like fields or something? Was it an outdoor video? Probably. Yeah, it was outdoors mm -hmm. for sure. But there's this little kid. I think he grew up to be the lead singer of Simply Red. He didn't. Oh, Mick Hucknall? <laughs> In this, <laughs> sounds like a sounds like a killer in a movie. Maybe that's know? maybe that's what it is. Maybe I'm messing him up. Everybody's shivering in terror because Mick Hucknell's out there in the dark. I like how these all these new listeners are swarming onto the movie microscope because of word of mouth, and instantly we we mentioned French Stewart and Mick Hucknell, and they are out. Simply Red would be an incredible name for a horror film or a book. I, I believe isn't that guy? What did he? Was he one of those guys that sucked? Got yes. too big for his britches. Like thought he was the like the end all be all. Kind of like level forty two back in the day. I think he got into a turf war with UB forty. Did he? Uh, yeah, and Midjuri or Yor or whatever. Midjure, yeah, yeah. Ure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wonder if Midjure is still out there. What if he's got a, you know, what nineteen sixty five to present or however long he's. Can lasted? you imagine if you met him? And it was just a perfectly recreated one-third scale Red Brown. 
Um, mid-year, huh? Yeah. I, that's the first time for the movie Microscope as well. <laughs> National Midge. Not many people out there named Midge, I imagine. Right. Especially men. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is it Midge? It's not a bad name. It isn't, man. And your isn't either. Well, I don't like that one because I, I wasn't sure on the pronunciation there. Yeah, you try to get all fancy with it. Yeah. And I think it is just your, your like you are. I don't even know if it was a band or a person. I don't either. I think it's. I think it is a dude, though. See, I like to I like to assume that it's a person always. That's why when you know I'm going to a concert, I'm super disappointed when Raging Slab is eight people. <laughs> and his his actually his name is James Year. Oh, but he is still out there killing it. 1972 to present. By the way, wow. cannot wait for us to do Midger Pain. Hmm? Can't wait to do that film. Can we do Max Payne? Does it exist in no, any no. format? No. Midger Payne. Starring Damon Wayans. Major. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me read my question. Does it exist in any format? Is it possible to watch? I think you have to unroll a scroll. I heard the government destroyed all, all copies uh, of, the, of that movie. Major Payne. I think people are out there just jonesing for a Major Payne rewatch tonight yeah weekend i like the fact that you assume the government's done something good <laughs> you know the funny thing is there was a period where <laughs> people were really selling hard on these 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 let's make a comedy about the military let's throw a monkey wrench into the military complex you know mm-hmm. stripes probably broke the hymen but you, you, there's a you know so many of them where's the one with um mark Wahlberg? it's a danny devito one renaissance man yeah. Was there military in there? Yeah. Penny Marshall directed it, maybe. Oh, my God. So, Midger is on Twitter, okay? Mm-hmm. He just tweeted out that he's watching Major Pain tonight. <laughs> we broke reality. <laughs> oh, and look who's sitting him next to, sit on the couch next to him. Who? French Stewart. They take a they take a selfie? No, they kissed. And, and then, to bring things full circle, Kevin Klein. <laughs> It reminds me of the scene in, of course, uh, Time Cop, when Ron Silver meets himself and touches himself. Like, Ron Silver touches future Ron Silver? I don't remember. Right. But it, don't they explode? Well, I don't know. We'll find out very soon. So I, I wonder if the same thing would happen to French Stewart. French, yeah. French Stewart. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think it'd be cool if we find out if there's any of our produce that we're making these days that is harmful to those from yesteryear, send back a time crop, you know, and so we can get them, put them under, put them out. Sounds like it. <laughs> Sounds like go back in time and destroy crops. No, go, go like plant shit in the past. that sucks for them, you know, or, yeah, you know, oh, yeah. so yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe what is some dumb thing that we've hybridized to the point? Like, okay. What drop a seedless watermelon into somebody's nuts, you know? Somebody's out there and there's this perfectly round thing. They're like, look at this device. I must eat it. And then they open it up and there's no seeds and they shit themselves. So you want to prank the past oh, yeah. with uh, seedless fruit? <laughs> I mean, as terrorist plots go, it's a doozy. <laughs> Invented time travel. What have you done with it? Yeah. Well, by the way, I mean, I, I, I don't mean to tell tales out of school, but if there's no seeds in the watermelon, how do they make more? Yeah, it's a good question. Genetically, I, I don't know. Why, what's going on with that? That's a good question. I like the idea that they don't, they've evolved, so they actually fuck. Like the watermelon make babies, mm-hmm. you know? You hear the humping in the, in the, in the night in the field, and then the, you come back and there's little cute green balls 
burning into the ground, like waking the making it count. Oh, I thought you're suggesting that the watermelons had VD. So it's your, but I mean, it makes sense. Usually you hit the joke in movies is that every once in a while, the, They'll have a joke, a visual joke in a movie with a watermelon with a hole in it, suggesting that the despicable and gross main character has been spending time a la American Pie with a with a piece of fruit. Right. You know, I mean, they kind of did it in um, Call Me By Your Name, right? Not necessarily that way. He was, I know, but you know what I'm saying? He was. Yeah, he made sweet passion to that thing. Splashing it on onto and into a peach, right? Yeah. It's not, I don't think it's an epidemic in films where they're doing that, though. They try to get that in every film these days, I think. Someone in there having sex with fruit or veggies. What would you rather? Definitely a fruit. Can you imagine? My dinner with Andre would way different while Sean huddled over a, you know, a honeydew, wiggling that obviously hairy crotch at it. The idea of Wallace Sean ever trimming bush, impossible. Whenever, is that like a, every time you mention Wallace Sean? <laughs> you have some kind of advice in your house go off? I have the off-brand Siri, and it's called Wallace Shawn. <laughs> I like Wallace Shawn. You and no women. Is he a married man? There is no way Wallace Shawn's even close to it. You think he's an asexual man? No, I think he's just uh, still still trying. Still trying to find that special woman. I'm going to look yeah. him up. I'm going to bet he's probably been happily married for forever. I bet my man has like a theater wife or, or husband. and He has a partner named Deborah. I, I'm good for him because he is pushing it. He's 77 years young. Mm-hmm. The picture they put on on Wikipedia, it does not do him justice. Because by Wally, you think? Pixar character? Well, Sean, fantastic in movies, which is what this show is about. It's the movie Microscope. It's a show where we zoom in. We watch a film through splintered wood, walk daintily through the necrograss, and we parade ourselves through the luminescence as if we were but nymphs of the night. We sashay near a viewing station, pony up our coins, and let the reaper spin his magic web into us. And after we've bereaved ourselves full of it, we sit back and decide what makes or breaks and share it with the likes of you. So we're talking about Clan of the Cave Bear. We're going to be talking about the scene where Daryl Hannah discovers straight fire. Talk about the little moments. <laughs> Daryl Hannah completely naked in that movie. What was the draw of Clan of the Cape Bear? Because I know it was a book, right? That people kind of liked. Yeah, a famous book. And then they made the movie, which wasn't a big hit, right? It's hard to pull off Neanderthal drama. Right. But then they cast like a beautiful Daryl Hannah. Is that they were like, don't worry, we got this. We'll cast, we'll, we'll cast some hotties. I'm sure there's a dude in there that was hot too. Some hotties as Neanderthals, right? Who's the dude? What was the name of the author? That book was everywhere, forever. Jane, Jean M. All. I mean, it was everywhere. I think Daryl would, I think her long hair covered her, her sweetness. You're right. They did get a sex object. Mm-hmm. James Remar. Remar in this. Was he the lead beside her? Well, the second guy is Curtis Armstrong. He's in that? Pamela Reed is in it. Uh, we've yeah. got to do this movie. <laughs> Nicole Eggert in this? Bart the Bear. Early. Nicole, Egg- Nicole Eggert had to be a kid in that movie. She had to be pretty young when they made that. She actually played She played the teenage version of Daryl Hannah. There you go. She's a Neanderthal, right? Cro-Magnon. So. Cro-Magnon. She's a Cro-Magnon. Now, is this one of those books that like takes place post-apocalypse or something, then they go back to the no, cave no. world? This, like- is, this is pre. This is the... Dawn of Time type this stuff. Is, this is BJ. Yeah. Before Justin. <laughs> I don't I don't think I've ever seen it. It wasn't it controversial a little bit. I think that's why it was controversial because it was simply too good. 
Who, who directed Clan of the Cave Bear? Hold on a second. You got me. You got me working it. Oh my God! It is cheap to buy. Michael Chapman, known for Night Moves. I'm sorry, All the Right Moves with Tommy Cruise. It has to happen. Tom Cruise just gave back his Golden Globes. Did you see that news story? Absolutely. Handing them back. Yep. Did his did his own handing back too. He didn't. He delivered those to himself because he does everything himself right. these days. Yeah. No substitutes. I'm a little bit excited about the new uh, MI movie, my friend. I'm more excited about the new Top Gun movie. Yeah, McQu- Christopher McQuarrie's been saying how great that is for about two years now. I wake up with night sweats thinking I better take good care of myself to survive because Miles Teller's in it. I'm sure that they'd screen that in hell. You know what I'm saying? I think you'd be good. <laughs> I, I Miles Teller, a little bit of a dick. Remember he came out like right before Fantastic Four was released. He had like a big I'm King shit interview. <laughs> Killian Murphy, little bitty dick in uh, 28 Days Later. <laughs> Poor Killian. The casting, you know, they're, they're, they're saying, Killian, don't shave the pubes. We want it to look super tiny. It's a good movie, though, I have to say, despite the shortcomings. Why did you choose to film this scene in a meat locker? I am freezing my ass off, and so is my tiny penis. And they cut to the the thermostat, and it says 101. Danny boiled. (laughs) All right, so tell me about your relationship with Das Fass and Das Furious. I have no relationship with this movie. It makes me so happy. Yesterday and today. I haven't seen these movies. I watched the one right after Paul Walker died because you took me to a screening. The one that they used. Yeah, they used his likeness and his, you know, some of his footage. I hadn't seen any of them. I don't think I've seen this one. No, I don't think you have either because that was the whole value of going to see it together. I'm surprised that I like this one so much. The music is straight up terrible. Uh, I would have never uh, made you do a podcast about a shit movie. <laughs> when are we doing Clan of the Cave Bear again? Is that coming up? <laughs> we did The Prince, my friend. Uh, don't you dare make that the example of what's wrong. What's the worst movie we've done? We actually we did this recently. The Bay? No, you said you said this might be the worst movie we've done. Oh, I did hate one recently. Yeah. Did we do Schindler's List yet? Um, we literally cannot do that movie. The fuck we can't. I don't know how we I already, do I already know what I'm taking with me to the island. <laughs> it's already presenting itself as a horrible idea right now. Man, we've done some great ones, though. It wasn't the black hole. Was Swordfish. It? You said Swordfish might be the worst movie we've ever done. The fourth kind was a bargain as well. Fourth kind might have edged out Swordfish for me. I can't wait to do this caveman story. <laughs> I wonder. Now, I, I remember Quest for Fire to some extent. Remember, mm-hmm. we had competing cave dweller films. Ringo Starr, Clan of the Cave Bear. Quest for Fire. Quest for Fire was the other arty one, but the Ringo Starr one was a comedy. What was that called? Just Caveman? Remember that theme song? From from the Ringo Starr one? Yeah. I don't, but I remember it wasn't Bo Derek in it, or not Bo Derek, but somebody Barbara, like that. Barbara Bach, his actual wife. Oh, she was in that? John Matuzak was in it. Yeah. Mm, from Goonies. Mm-hmm. He plays Sloth in that as well? Man, I've been keeping track of his recent work. Oh, no? What happened to him? He died pretty young. You oh, remember? Um, he died probably of something bad. I get. I used to get him and the other guy that died. It's a pretty good assumption. Nick. Lyle Alzado. I used to get those two guys confused. Both former when, football players. When do you die of something good? I'm trying to think. Oh, it's happened. You when? Know? I remember at the beginning of Outland, guy's helmet, his head gets in, super exploded inside. Oh yeah, that is yeah. a good. That is a good one. That's a fun one. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, because he said right before he died, he goes, I'm loving this. That's right. Wendy's always pays a tribute to the filmmakers of Outland every time they air a commercial. Why? That's their tagline. Is it they, I'm lo- they stole from Outland. That's McDonald's. That's the, I think McDonald's tagline. No, right? McDonald's is I'm loving it. Wendy's is I'm loving this. <laughs> <laughs> and then well, if you look at when they air those commercials and on, on the bottom, it's got a lawyer disclaimer says, thank you, Outland. <laughs> thank you, John Ratzenberger. Well, that's how that's how Wendy's got its start. Dave Thomas is a huge Outland fan. <laughs> Love that movie. That was his handle on Prodigy. What? Huge yeah. Outland fan six. Yeah. Dedicated the restaurant to his daughter named Wendy. Zoom in. Yeah, got everybody. Well, after he left World, he got they got everybody thinking, "Hey, this cutie ain't uh, ain't bad doing these commercials." Mm-hmm. And then I think the real Wendy's like, "I'm going to put my." distorted mug up on the tube yeah. and everybody's like oh that was a model and now now we have this i didn't realize bosk enjoyed burgers you know where the first wendy's was uh, peter, first wendy was created peter pan or wapakoneta indiana i believe that's a zoom that's a true zoom i think because you're from there no i visited one time i hopefully had other business i said let's go see the first wendy's i want to verify this for a future podcast <laughs> then i met my past self well you know what i'd love to see the last Mm -hmm. chick-fil-a because fuck them they'll never go out of business they're so popular they have they have longer lines than most theme parks yeah it's insane and the zoom in the food's not that good i don't like it's not no no it's and it has a way of working its way through a body (laughs) that shit's it's got nos in it (laughs) speaking of right so obviously i was a Early, I was early on the on the Fast and Furious thing since it was my job at the time. So I, I, right. I saw, I, I grudgingly saw the first one and found myself sort of liking it as well. You want to talk about a an elastic brand? I don't think people realize just how elastic this brand is. How how strong the the fra- Fast and Furious franchise is, what it's capable of, what it's done. It is the ultimate underdog, and it's impossible not to stand in awe of what they took. You look at this movie, and it's a fun little movie. Mm-hmm. But you don't look at it and say, this is the beginning of a cottage industry. You look at this and say, hey, that was a neat point break in a car kind of thing. And then now it is one, probably the biggest IP that's not based on something existing, whether it be a book or whether it be a, you know, it's, they did a, they did an amazing job. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. Well, they did try to spin it off into Hobbs and Shaw, right? Very successfully, by the way. It made a lot of money. Ton, it, it's the highest grossing thing in the entire series. It is not, but it did very well. Are you serious? Yes. I thought it wasn't that huge of a hit. Huge. Huge. Did you see it? Yeah, I liked it. We'll Vanessa do- Kirby in this. Of course she is. Hobbs and Shaw had, I don't want to spoil it, but it had both of those guys in it. And Idris Elba. And didn't um, yeah. some of the Fast and Furious crew got a little bit upset that they spun off? I mean, the two the two that had the most to lose. You know, Tyrese and, and Vin. Vin's a little bit of a diva, I think. He gets a little angry on set, it seems. But I don't know. Maybe he's cool. I'll give you a hint. Yeah? He sucks. He might be the, I don't know, what did I say? The worst movie star that we have right now? He just can't exist outside of this movie. Although, I, I, I stand corrected because he is the voice of Groot. That's not so he does. So he does work outside of this. But, you know, you have to wonder, why do you think that they cast, they had to have Vin Diesel in their Marvel movies? You know, they could have got anybody. Well, he's a big comic book guy. I think he probably... They just love, he's got a great voice. 
Iron Giant. Anyway, so let's let's, let's back up just a little. Uh, you told me when we watched this, you said that the screenwriter just basically took the script of Point Break and put cars in it instead of say, surfboards, basically. And you're right. This movie is Point Break. <laughs> it is. It is exactly Point Break. Yep. And that's um, not that's not exactly a hot take. I, yeah, I know, but I, I hadn't really ever heard that, right? At least I hadn't thought of it for a while. But even the ending, although Vin Diesel doesn't die, is very similar to Bodie. The, ca- the catch and release that, uh, yeah, the Bodie gets at the end Bodie of Bodie may not have died in that. I would like to think he's still <laughs> out there. So let's not just throw Bodie under the bus. His name is Bodie, not Boaty. Did you think his name was Bodie? Like <laughs> B-O-A-T-Y? No, that, was the, that was the guy who shot Derek Luke. So, so if you could... It's <laughs> Tell me, listen, if you could, the plot of this movie. It's a little hard to get your head around a little bit at first, but there are a bunch of uh, weird car thieves that are stealing trucks. They're stealing you know, trucks and their contents, right? And... Um, they do it weird, and uh, a cop, an undercover cop played by Paul Walker, infiltrates this gang of surfers, I mean, of of, of, <laughs> of car racers, and um, tries to get to the bottom of this thievery. In the meantime, he starts to bond with this crew of baddies. And then, you know, that's the thing, is so he gets, he his his alliances are are torn, but not really. You know he likes the, he likes the fast. You know he likes the furious. He isn't much of a cop. He's kind of bad at his, at his job, which is a specialty of this show. <laughs> what we're doing another cop movie? No, bad, people that are bad at their jobs. Would you say he's bad at his job? Yeah, sure. So basically, the plot is this cop goes undercover to infiltrate a street racing gang that he thinks might be related to some robberies. Yeah, some hijackings that yeah. are happening. Right, and he's got the whole FBI in tow. They're like waiting with bated breath for him to crack the case. Right. He's not doing it fast or furious enough for them, so they're pissed. Yeah, but unlike Point Break, they they, they try to bust the wrong gang. He infiltrates oh, the oh, wrong wait, gang. Oh, wait, that happens in Point Break. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's right. It does. It does happen. There is, there's a couple side pieces that they that they apprehend first. At its worst, you could say it's the mm-hmm. Young Guns version of Point Break, which was sort of a Young Guns version itself, but it's fun. It's contagious. You know, you, it's sort of the building of, a, of an entire culture of movies that came f- to follow Biker Boys and Torque and Sense and Sensibility. Lots of stuff that kind of fits that same motif. And it's great. It's a lot of fun. It's dumb as shit. It is. And it's like, you know, I think Point Break does it better. Of course. But this movie... Um, which rips off Point Break the whole time is not a bad carbon copy and has some tricks up its own sleeves. Just ch- by changing the cars, you can have different action scenes and stuff like that. So there's no planes, but it also not, no, not jumping out of planes yet. Just later, wait, just later. wait. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of you know you're combining a lot of things that people are into, like whether it be the whole car culture scene, the rice rockets, and all that, the the illegal street racing element. There's a lot of things that kind of play on and then of course the bonding of these young people with the music and the drinking and the partying and they did a great job of, of finding what the audience what was lacking basically in the marketplace and delivering it you know through the likes of mr rob cohen best known for stealth did you dragonheart uh, i think he did dragonheart i think he might have uh you got neil moritz who's like the legendary producer of schmaltzy teen angst stuff like cruel intentions and whatnot Mm-hmm. It was really a perfect storm, and it came out at the perfect time, like the early 2000s. Right. We needed it. Yeah. I think it's 20 years old this year. Vin Diesel was bald, and I think the world also needed that, and they didn't realize it. They needed a bald guy kicking ass. You forgot about Bruce Will. He wasn't bald at the time. He he balded later. Let's be honest. 
<laughs> it was thinning. I mean, he was he was he was clinging to scraps at that point. I'm telling Demi you called her that. So let's talk about the first scene that we see here is this weird hijacking, which involves grappling hooks like that you shoot. It's a very elaborate carjacking or truck jacking. What do you think of that? I thought it was a little dumb of the crew. It is dumb. First of all, they're trying to steal like DVD TV combos that are goofy as nut. People today watching this, young people today would be like, I don't under. Yeah, they're, they're stealing Panasonic's. Yeah. Yeah. They're using those little grappling hooks and doing intense driving. And and it, it's, a, it's like a two-parter. It's a two-part process. So they, they, they get their cars, their little black fast cars surrounding a truck and the truck gets all worried. If we just think you just remove the driver and you're looking at the truck, the truck looks like it's shaking and, and worried, right? Yeah. A dude jumps out of the, um, the top of the car and shoots a grappling hook device to remove the passenger side window. That's step one. Truck's like, oh shit, what are the, what's happening to me? They're de-windowing me. Mm -hmm. So that happens. Reload. Then they shoot onto the seat, the passenger seat, luckily unoccupied. And then they uh, they hit a button and then they fling into the passenger side of the of the truck and then they start wrestling with the driver. Now, why don't they just aim a gun at the driver's side, the it's, driver, hey, and tell him to pull over? Please kindly pull over. They don't do that. They, they go for this elaborate hijacking well they method. want their they want their legend to be solidified cemented they don't want to be they want to be known as guys who do it fucking fancy you know and they want to sell you as um you know vin diesel is this genius kind of like thief this guy that's uncatchable or at least i don't know if he's uncatchable because he has been in prison but certainly the mastermind behind these ventures and that plan sucks <laughs> that's a dumb one. I mean, it kind of works, I guess, but it seems a little bit risky and too elaborate. And I guess that's what they're trying to say. He likes the risk. He likes the adrenaline. He also likes tank tops. Got to show those guns. Yeah, Actually, you know? the, if I remember, and then we, we see Mr. Paul Walker, we're introduced to Brian O'Connor, hauling ass on a racetrack. Testing his, out. Na his name is not Brian O'Connor. His real name is Brian O'Connor. The character's alias is like Brian something something dumb. He's got three names. Yeah, yeah. I think I wrote it down. But his real but name yeah. is no, it's Brian O'Connor. Fans of the franchise know his real name. Jesus. And then and Vin's name is Dominic Toretto. He's on this track in this green car doing fancy, trying to bust, trying to get his racing chops up, and he skids out. Justin, he does. It's weird though because he's on a track and then he skids out, and then he's at the edge of an of an L.A. hill, the way they cut it. Are we trying to think that we, he nearly died just then and there? Not sure. I know that he's testing out some fast juice for his car, and that's the big thing in this movie. These guys are juicing up their cars with NOS, Nick. NOS, man. I thought they were talking about the rapper Nas at first when they first said that, because I have right. no idea. No, they're talking about nitrous oxide, right? right. Is that what yeah. it is? Nitrous. A, bi a big thing you in video games. Yeah. You know, you always put, you always... And dentist office. Yeah. Um... And Paul Walker orders some, you know, he wants to juice his car up for the next race war he's going to participate in. An unfortunate term that they use constantly in this movie. <laughs> well, the race war isn't introduced until later, though. He doesn't he doesn't know that he's boning up for race war. I think it's introduced within the first 15 minutes. We're talking about a race war. By the way, mm -hmm. still going on. Yeah. We don't know he's a cop yet as an audience. We don't, and for a while we don't. Except now, I that was on HBO Max, when you click the link, it says Paul Walker is an undercover cop out to apprehend Dominic Toretto. They don't reveal it for a long time. Um, Unless you click imagine, on a, a link to watch the movie. <laughs> I imagine in the trailer they spilled the beans. I was, uh, I was The Crying Game was on also on HBO Max. It says, mm -hmm. uh, penis woman gets involved with the IRA. I was like, oh, right. I, don't, I don't need to watch the film anymore. That's the last time you saw The Crying Game. In the theater? Did you figure it out, the twist? After they showed the dick. I figured it out before. Really? 
I figured out the sixth sense twist before. You know why though? Because people, I didn't see it for a while, and people kept talking about there's a twist. So I went in, like trying to figure it out. See, I got double twist because I, I didn't realize he was dead. But when they showed Bruce Willis's vagina, I was like, oh, it's another, it's another one of those. But then I noticed the vagina wasn't breathing. What are you talking about? It turned about? out it was dead. So I was right. I, I guessed it. M. Night Shyamalan's new movies about people on an island that get old quick. <laughs> it's the dumbest. One of the dumbest trailers for a major motion picture I've ever seen. And just, just to put a little icing on the old cake here, it's called Old. The movie is called old is that correct yeah and am i right and the way that the the title comes up in that trailer it's like it's like it bur- it's it happens and then he wants to give you a few minutes to recover because you just got fucking kneecapped that is that had to be actors on that set have to be like man i hope this turns out good please crossing their fingers all the time because if it don't we in real trouble here you know, well, the, the makeup people were f- fucking furious because all the age makeup is old age makeup in that movie. <laughs> old. Let's see who's in that movie. Just real quick. Nick, I'm going to give you a little teaser, a little taste. Come out, comes out this year. Maybe it's so you and I can see that together in the theater. This, I, they already greenlit the sequel. It's called Talix. Gail Garcia Bernal on this. Thomas and McKenzie in this coming up and coming actress. Rufus Sewell in this. Ambeth. Davidovitz, or how you say her name, David's. Davids. Davids in this. Abby Lee from Mad Max Fury Road, getting old in that. Ken Lung, Leon getting old in there. Alex Wolf getting old in there, Nick. Aaron Pierre finding out he's getting old in that movie. <laughs> uh, and uh, there's a kid actor named Nolan River getting old. Yeah. Got old. When I see a young actor in the credits of that, I do not get attached to that actor. They did have a little BTS I saw. That M. Night was just stomping around behind camera. Older! <laughs> God damn it! Older! Yeah. Screaming. Liza Scanlon in that movie getting old. You think they'll put another movie out, like another book out, talking about his genius? <laughs> <laughs> the man who heard old. <laughs> <laughs> this island makes you old. He's like... <laughs> he, he saw Jordan Peele put out his little twosome. He's like, man, you gotta create your own lore, it turns out. <laughs> Got to create your own lore. He's like, well, okay, they got, they got that, they got this, this, the, and then Stranger Things got the upside down. But do they have an old island, an island old? The pitch meeting had to be like, all right, so we have a bunch of people, different people on, on it, stranded on this island, and they get old. And they're like, okay, great. Now, what else? What's what else happens? No, that's it. That's all I was prepared to for today. That's my entire idea. Yeah. Entertainment Weekly is like, so when did your Eureka moment happen, M. Night? He goes, I was blinking. And I came up with the idea while I was blinking once. And they're like, well, what would you do after that? He's like, I went home. Put his passion in it. I wonder if he's in that. Because, you know, he always makes a director cameo in his films. Yeah, the film opens up, fade into a folks home. That movie's going to start out with just some characters that you don't know happen upon this island. I guarantee that's how it starts. Right. That aren't in the rest of the movie. And they quickly get old. That's how the movie starts. And then later, they're skeletons in the film. When our heroes come to the visit, our hero starts to gets out of the shower. He starts to doubt, you know, douse his armpits with spice. Holy shit! It's old. <laughs> Speaking of old, this movie celebrating its twentieth anniversary. Like we said before, um, there's a big. I don't know if you noticed this. Paul Walker, when he's introduced to them in the movie, is spinning out like you mentioned. 
He then goes to a restaurant. It's sort of a bodega. There's a very fetching uh, bartender or whatever she's doing behind the thing there, waitress, whatever. Jordana Brewster's there. You know, he starts talking to her about tuna fish. But in the background, because he always comes in there every day, orders the tuna fish. It's a little joke between them. She says it's terrible. He orders it anyway. Who's listening in the background? Dominic Toretto. When Vin Diesel and they introduce him. This is back to us. This is back to us. But on the wall in front of him, gigantic wooden fork and spoon. Oh, like kind of cross like a skull and crossbones on the wall. Is that foreshadowing? I don't think it. No, but I did expect him to at one point grab that fork and start eating some food with it. Did you not notice this? I was too busy looking at them lats. Those are just trapezius. Vin Diesel looking all stout. You know, my my eyes Tokyo drifted to the wall. Yeah, and I was noticing the decor. Letty soon jumps into the scene, and that's one Michelle Rodriguez, right? Looking very young, acting with her glasses in this movie. Acting and with her glasses a lot in this movie. She's got a pair of dumb boots on with some flames all over them. Yep, I liked her in this movie, Letty. And Vin Diesel recently said one of the great on-screen romances between his character and hers. Yeah. Do you agree? No. <laughs> one of the most uncomfortable sexual relationships. Well, they were dating, I read, during the filming of this. Right. Somebody got catfished. Carbon dating because he got old. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know. We could use Vin Diesel right now because they had gas shortage. Okay, so here's the thing. His romantic rival, so Paul Walker is very interested, you can tell, in Jordana Brewster. Even though he's undercover, we don't know that yet. He could tell he's got the eyes. Even though she got a Jared Leto mouth. He got the pitter <laughs> He got the pitter patters for this restaurant worker, Jordana Brewster. I'll keep saying her name. What movies has she been in besides this, Nick? Can you name the one? The Faculty. That's what I was going to say. So, um, And Brewster's Hundreds. And so... Uh, his romantic rival comes in played by Matt Schultz. This this kind of aggro dude, like that part of Vin Diesel's gang. He's mad that someone's talking to his not girlfriend. You know, it's just someone he's interested in. And he goes, "What's up with this fool? What is he say? Sandwich crazy? Because he <laughs> has a tuna fish sandwich in front." Of oh him. God! I hope M Night didn't see this movie because I don't need somebody to make the sandwich crazy movie. I don't know how you come back from such a slam. Paul Walker does shrug it off, but he, he does look a little hangdog for the rest of the movie. And I think it's because he got knighted with the term sandwich crazy. Yeah. And you don't shake that. No, fuck no. Because he was ru he was rutabaga insane in his last undercover gig. <laughs> and then all of a sudden there's a car nerd. <laughs> he starts geeking out on a car. He starts doing science shit to cars. He's like, he's not as handsome as everybody else. He's not as buff. Uh, his name's Jesse, played by Chad Lindbergh. Now I'll tell you the person mm -hmm. who cast this movie and the director they they cast this poor fellow and they said one thing to him you need to giovanni rabisi your dick off or you fired well he's in the he's in the sh on the show sneaky pete which is a giovanni rabisi show right i never saw it but isn't giovanni rabisi on that show yeah he's the main guy anyway as this all this is happening as this as rod rob cohen is brewing his magnificent stew <laughs> the song he decides to ladle onto it is a song watch your back Watch your back. Watch your back. Watch your back. <laughs> the secret sauce. The, the, the spice that makes the whole dish. I give him credit to reuse the song for the Manitou. <laughs>
Manitou is where to watch. Um, so then, you know, of course, the, this is the name I was looking for. The undercover cop, his license says Brian Earl Spillner. Right. His undercover gig is he's working at a, at a shop. And he's ordering parts. He's helping doing inventory. Driving a red truck around town. Hitting curbs it's with that truck. Serving cusps. But that's my boy owns that shop. Vito Reginas from Cliffhanger gets shot in Cliffhanger. He's awesome. Does he? Yeah, he's he's like is he a bad guy? Yeah, he's one of the great early two thousands, late nineties baddies. Like he was the ubiquitous baddie in movies for a stretch there. He switched from acting later to uh talk show. Reginas and Kathy Lee. <laughs> then there's parties that they go to. You know, Brian, um, the cop is worming his way into Vin's life, worming his way into just like a fucking rat cop, worming his way into these people's lives, these harmless crooks, right? These Robin Hoods. He's slithering into their lives and making it hell. You know, he's trying to get the invites, Nick. Yeah. Trying to get the invites <laughs> to the crew, to the parties, to the race war. So that's where they end up next. So they end up at a at a race. And we get to meet a, a wide assortment of, of undesirables and desirables. Mm -hmm. the, the camera is ogling the women. Lots of oh mama shots from old Rob Cohen. And then a shot of one of the goofiest looking individuals to walk earth. Who? Ja Rule. Yeah, Ja Rule's in this. He he is uh, one of the race. So they, you know, pretty soon Vin's in a car. Um, it's like somebody tried to put a little facial hair on the hungry caterpillar or something. He's such a, he looks like a cute little performing animal with just a little hair on it. So he's promised sex. Like, so there's a race happening and our, our hero here, Paul Walker cha challenges Vin Diesel. And he says, if I win, I take the cash and I take respect. That's what he's really there for. But if you win, I'll give you my car. Yeah. That's, I wrote that line down too, because it was, it was subtle. And um, so then Ja Rule is the third race. So they're racing against each other. There's, is Ja Rule? And, the, and there's a fourth as well. Cares. Nobody cares. There's a fourth. Some individual. It, it was Ja Rule, right? He he, yeah, he was number three in the race. Yeah. And, and he has, does he show up back in these movies? I, ca I can't up? remember. He's promised sex if he wins. He's well, actually promised sex if he loses, but he's promised sex with two women if he I, wins. And I believe one of them is named Monica. When he starts to lose, he screams her name. Yeah. He's all, he he also, he's and he's also Minaj because he tells you to have a Minaj and he sees that Minaj slipping away. He says that it does that actually when he loses that woman that promises him sex if he wins or loses has lied and drops an N-bomb in the process. She does. She does drop that. And I'm like, that is unnecessary, obviously. But just a few scenes ago, Rob Cohen made sure that he was able the Ja Rule was able to put hand to breast. That's true. Rob mm -hmm. Cohen also in that scene playing a pizza delivery man that is thwarted. On, yeah, that's on, him, huh? Uh huh. It's for Pizza Hut. So you think that was product placement? There's a lot of product placement in this movie. I kind of noticed some of it. Yeah, you got Corona, you got Snapple, you got pretty soon you Chicken of the Sea, cars. <laughs> you killed it. Pretty soon you realize that everybody's got just a bunch. Their cars are loaded with just nerdy science shit. Just they got buttons on the steering wheel so they can press to go faster. They got stuff, you know, the canisters hidden in their seats. One guy's got a video game system built into his shit. I, the other day, by the way, I saw a guy with um had a truck, like a real sporty truck, and he had Moana, like, you know, like, you know, six or I don't know how, like 10 inch. Is that, le dolls is that legal here? I thought it but he had them uh, taped to his um, on top of his bumper. He had these like Moana. I guess he's a big fan of the Moana movies or the Moana Moana movie. Yeah. And so that kind of reminded me of this movie. It, it, I saw his vanity plate when he drove by. What? So it's one of the longer ones I've seen. Ain't getting laid tonight. 
That's what happened with um, after uh, M. Night told his wife about the plot of his new movie, Ain't Getting Late, M. Night. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> so then Paul Walker, just to up everybody, to up the nerdiness of everybody else in, during this race, he's actually got a laptop in his car. Mm hmm. And it's telling him shit. Well, technically, everybody does when they're sitting. But he's he's really he's like typing on it. Like he's like it says danger to the manifold because he's going too fast. And he slay he slams it shut and he says shut up. That was my Rage Against the Machine cover band, by the way. Because he's what's what's happening? He's pressing buttons, and he's pressing twice, right. and that's just going to make your car car scream itself to death. Right. And that's what happens. He loses the race because he gets real fast, then he gets real not fast. Vin Diesel, of course, wins because he's got the biggest peep. <laughs> and that is the end of the race, right? Right. And a little Paul Walker kind of Fred Flintstones his way to the finish line. Mm -hmm. And he's like, hell, hang dog. And he's like, well, I guess you got my car. But then the cops show up. Well, but first there's that whole sequence, which is actually it's where really Vin Diesel starts to really shine. It's where I think yeah. his legacy was sort of built on this scene was where Paul Walker comes back and he's all smiling. And Vin Diesel's like, what the hell are you smiling for? I just whipped your dick in. And 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 Walker says, almost had you. And he's oh, it's great. and then Vin yeah. goes, almost had me? And he walks around and he goes and does this little speech. And it's actually kind of great. Yeah, Paul Walker's great in that scene too, actually. Yeah. I mean, it, that's a fun little scene. There's so many times in this scene in this movie where Paul Walker is told to play crestfallen because he starts out so happy that he lost. Like, he I almost had you. And then Vin Diesel beats him, beats his happiness to sadness. That's what happens in that scene. But like I said, Paul Walker, great in this movie, I think. Love him. They, I think he, I don't think he could beat out people for it or yeah, just ended up he'd with be, a role. You know, he'd be out. Well, I mean, there's there's a bunch of people that went for this part. Yeah. And a bunch of people that went for Dominic. And well, they had, you heard the original plan they had for this. The Saved by the Bow guys? Yeah, they were going to use the Saved. Is that true? Is that true? Uh, yes, I think that is absolutely true. I like so the idea that Natalie, that Natalie Portman tried out for Georgiana Brewster's part. Right, which it's hard to believe a little bit. And who turned it down? Like, there's somebody that turned it down. Like, Timothy Oliphant turned it down. Because he had just done Gone in 60 Seconds. Daniel Day-Lewis turned it down because it was too much like everything else he was doing. Anyway, tell tell the people about the Save by the Bell. That was a weird piece of trivia. Yeah, they, apparently they wanted to get Mario Lopez to play Vin Diesel's role. They wanted to get Mark Paul Gossler to play Paul Walker and to get Screech to play the mechanic. Which would have worked, actually. I don't know about Lopez, but everything else would have worked. Well, Lopez is the one who's doing the best. Lopez out of the Lopez, out of the, Lopez is, no, 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 no. One hundred percent is he's he has the best career right now. No, Mark Paul Gossler, man. No, no, he's he's, he's constantly working as an actor. He Lopez have to do E. Lopez has his own TV and radio shows. He's he's a cottage industry. One of my buddies actually. He might be a little bit of a brand, but he he does like E. He does entertainment news, like in hotels. Like I don't need to. Don't tell me he's he's. I will. It I will. My man's back. I will guarantee you that Mario Lopez is more successful than Mark Paul Gosselaar. 100%. Oh, Eliza, Eliza Dushku. They wrote the role for her. And she's like, yeah. It's just and she was like, she turned it down. I bet she's regretting that. She's like, dollhouse, bitch. So, you know, it's funny. So, a little trivia, little Zoom. Mr. Vin Diesel drives oh, Mazda wow. RX-7 during this race. Mm -hmm. You had one of those. I had an you? RX-8. Yeah. So, I'm better than him. But yeah, I had the, the model right before the one I drove. Pretty cool. Did you did you get your car because of this movie? Because I got my my first Subaru because of You Can Count on Me. Because I love the car in that movie. Ruffalo was driving it. That means next year we're gonna both be bu buying an Olds. <laughs> <laughs> we have to, we have to get to this movie. What if Benjamin Button's on that in that island? He's like, this is fucking heaven to me. I love it here. What if so, same thing if if Richard Lewis is on it? Dude got old in the dark. Jake Weber. I love, 
Old in the Dark, by the way. Latest addition to the faculty. Jake Weber got Old in the Dark. I disagree. Jake, Jake Weber's a little bit of a silver fox. He's still got that long hair chilling. Looks a little weathered, but he's still he's still out there. He got stung by the old bee. Jake Weber's delightful. He's a good actor. Solid. Mm-hmm. It's like they were building Tim Roth. He fell into the mold. Came out a little quick. And mm-hmm. by the time he got, regained his consciousness, Tim Roth had already happened. He was on that Patricia Arquette so, show for a while. Large. <laughs> <laughs> He was her husband, the medium, a medium. You're right. And that was a long run show. He got it. It was a paying gig for him. Thrilled, I'm sure. Well, he has to never work a fucking day in his life. He's the heir of the grill empire. <laughs> they have this street race and then the cops show up and, and nobody is there to help Vin Diesel when he's on the run. Because it's funny because one of the there's a few stretches of, of logic in this movie. I'll say this is one of them where a policeman drives by and sees across the street. Vin Diesel walking goes and, and he, he slams his brakes. He goes, Toretto, you know, as if they're going to notice it's Vin Diesel's bald ass walking on the street. And then he's known. He's known by the local authorities. Are you kidding me? He has his own. Guess where they might find him at Toretto's, mm-hmm. uh, the, pub, the public him. place he's at all the time. But I think that they know since if there's a if there's a race breaking out that Toretto's probably involved somehow. They want to question him. But he makes a break for it. He says, you know what? This is a good idea. Since they've identified me, I'm going to run from the cops and then they won't track me down later. <laughs> that's a promise. That's a good idea. I'm going to go to my safe happened. house called Toretto's. And uh, who happens to be in the vicinity, but one Brian Spiller and he 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 said, get in. And Vin Diesel quickly gets in his car. What I love about Vin Diesel in this movie, he always looks frightened. Always holding, always holding the Jesus strap when Paul's driving. He looks frightened every time he's in the passenger seat. He also looks frightened during this stunts where he's supposed to be afraid of guns and shit like that. So it turns out, though, they get away from the cops, but lo and behold, they've run afoul of the triads, I would guess. And they, those guys, the, that gang or whatever those guys, the, another group of thieves or bad guys, they shoot up this green car. But not not before Rick Yoon, who I actually really like as an actor. Yeah, of course. He's looking the car up and down. Somebody put in the wrench time. <laughs> You know, you say you like Rick Yoon. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of his brother, Mid Yoon. <laughs> Rick Yoon, maybe the most handsome actor in this film. Tall as nut. He's a, looking, he's a, he's a strapping tall guy. Looking straight, beautiful in this. Yep. He gets shot in the side later and is dumped into a gutter. <laughs> before that, rolls into a gutter. But before that, if they, if you put Vin Walker and Yoon on a stage. You're throwing Jordana Bruce Brewster up there. He's winning. He's winning the first prize. Right. You know who's terrified of him? Mm-hmm. M. Night. Because <laughs> he's Yoon, not old. After this whole thing with the guys, and then they, they have to get back to home base. What's happening at home base? Party time. Everybody's loving it. Girls are having les. Things are happening. <laughs> Letty's Letty Michelle Rodriguez's stomach down on the floor playing PlayStation, which does not look comfortable. Right. And um, in the middle of a party, by the way, which is just such a look at me move. But what happens? Everybody's having a blast. Guess who's mad? Vin. Why? But hurt that nobody rescued him. And they're having a party. And they don't care. Yeah. They're having a party at his house, drinking his Corona. And he's like, uh, I guess I'm in jail. You guys don't care what's that. What's happened. It was because I hit on women in the weirdest way at the race where I said yoga to them talking about yoga trying to he make letty takes, jealous he, he takes beers out of people's hands he stops a party in his track that's, that's when i knew he was the villain yeah. the repo to corona <laughs> yeah corona gets a lot of FaceTime in this and a lot of a lot of name drops and by the way 
Do you remember in the in the in episode seven that you saw, he still drinks Corona? Yeah, Kurt Russell tries to give him a different beer, right? Right, and then and then we see he is as awkward with a beer bottle as he has, is with a woman. The way he takes a pull off that beer in in, in seven, we'll get there. Guys, looks like looks like the gods must be crazy. First time ever holding the Corona bottle. This only brings Paul Walker and Vin Diesel closer together because Vin Diesel's been betrayed by his crew. They did not give a shit when he's not at the party that the cops have maybe arrested him. And now he can really just really tr- throw his trust into Brian. And you know, Brian's like, great, because I'm an undercover cop. This is excellent. This is getting me front seat to this crew. Maybe I'm going to get into this crew. Maybe, right. I, maybe they'll let me in. And so then Vin Diesel decides time for a sob story and he well, tells the story about his dad the next well, day that's a little bit later because no it happens the next day no it does well it does but first he, he we find out that he's an fbi he's a cop because oh, I, didn't write, I didn't write that so he, so, boring. he gets pulled over by a police car and he was like oh shit brian spilner is gonna get busted it turns out hell no ted levine's his boss fbi guys are there he's a cop man the the, the veneer has been peeled off we are stunned to discover this. And so we find out that there's a little bit of a heated situation between the FBI and the cops. And all Mr. Brian O'Connor, as we discover, all he needs is more time. And, and well, a huge truth bomb is dropped on him by what? the FBI agent. If you want time, buy the magazine. They also accuse him of taking his sweet time because he's trying to romance Jordana Brewster. They're right. And the guy said, hey. I've been basically beaten off to her surveillance footage too, or something like that. And then they get into a little bit of a scrap. Not in this scene, but you're right. Yes, absolutely. Oh, am I wrong? When, when, what is this scene? I thought that that's, the- that's, a, that's the next time that they have a meeting at the old, uh, at the old house there. But then he's become sort of a, a, an honorary member of the family. And something I never thought I needed to see, I get to see. I get to see Vin Diesel des- descending into an engine block. If you look at it the right way, it almost looks like Vin Diesel is the car's face. He looks like a cute little piece of that car. The thing I don't like is there's a scene where they're talking about the dangers of what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And they go to his familial home where this badass car is in the garage. And he tells the sob story you're talking about if you want to talk about it. You know, he just talks about his dad and how his dad uh, is a long Vin Diesel speech about his dad was a car racer and he got clipped and then crashed into a wall and burst into flames and died. And Vin Diesel thought he remembered hearing his dad's screams, but it was his screams. And then he later found the guy that did, that clipped his dad's car and beat him. And then he, I think he got thrown in jail over it. Cause they, they, that's what they're showing pictures of this beaten man to Brian, the other cop saying, look at this guy. You can't trust Toretto. He's, he's a savage. Right. But Toretto says, no, no, it was okay that I disabled a man. Now has a brain injury because I was mad about my dad. It's just weird for him to be talking about his father's death, which is exactly how Paul Walker died. To a T. He slammed into a wall? Crashed crashed a car into a tree, I believe. Crashed a car, burnt to death. He didn't crash it, though. He was in it. Paul Walker was the passenger of that car. He still died in a burning fire in a fucking car. I know he did. I'm just saying that, and it's an unfortunate thing, but I think it was driven by a, a business associate or a friend. Dead as well. Awful. Like, it's just weird irony there. But Paul Walker getting accepted into the family and Jordana Brewster playing against the uh, the desires of Matt Schultz decides to allow him into her into her loving arms. They have a nice, That's one way to put it. They have a nice dinner. Not then, before you see Paul Walker behind the grill, though, slinging that beef, Nick. Paul Paul Walker, he's 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 throwing in. He well, he later Vin Diesel, says that, Vin Diesel's making chicken. Yeah, but guess who else is behind the grill? At least taking over those tongs for a little bit is Paul Walker. He's in there. He's helping cook. I forgot that part. I need to rewatch the movie now. I want to see him cook. You know who else is behind that grill? A little cameo. Let's hear it. Jake Weber. <laughs> he fucks her in the uh, <laughs> sexiest location. 
Where? where where does he throw down in her? I don't. I know where, they're in bed somewhere. Where is where's where's their sexual nest? In a thrown together cot in the back of the auto parts oh. shop. Well, I mean, she's a bit of a car fiend as well, so I don't think that she minds where they go. She just wants to spend time with that sun-kissed beauty, and she does. <laughs> Another brand name dropped in the film, Sunkissed. Did you know that um, he gets a call after they post-coital? She's like, thank you for eating me out in the auto shop. And uh, cops are like, hey, uh, sorry for waking you up. You, we, is it good? Are we good to go? Just say yes. Are we good to go to move on these guys? And Paul Walker is like, yeah, that's fine. And then uh, Jordan Bruce is like, who was that? And he said it was a wrong number. So he's just his, his second lie to her. Yeah. What was his first? He didn't tell her who, exactly who he was. Oh, okay. Then he wouldn't then tell her who's on the phone. But guess what, Nick? What? Love is real. He's not lying about that. That's true. He actually does love her. He's in love with her, especially after getting inside her. I had to, you know, everything under the hood seems to be in order. We're good to go. You have my approval. I would say that he was in love with her, and then they did that. That didn't throw the deal off. That went well enough where he was like, I'm still in love. This bust is happening. At the same time... Oh, I thought you were talking about this... That scene still. We're moving on from that. <laughs> the same time, there's a montage where there's also some sex about to happen. Uh-huh. Vin Diesel and Letty are in the garage. Everybody has sex in the most romantic places in this movie. What a sizzling scene that is. Yeah. Yeah, Vin Diesel looks like he uh, needed a little bit of intimacy expert or something there to help him, but coach him through that scene. He picks her up and then takes her over to the couch. I could see him talking to the script supervisor and the director like quietly in the corner. He's like, these hands grab that ass and lift ass. <laughs> towards penis <laughs> looks lost during that scene but that's something that Vin Diesel's kind of been criticized his entire career is he doesn't have a lot of chemistry with his leading ladies or with his co-stars in general or with the universe I grab um, and put on we hold corner and that's it's just you know he's not maybe good into the scenes like that but then I'm like what is he good at he, he's he looks unique he's like bald and tough he's got long arms that hold things he's short is he a pretty short guy he doesn't look like it in movies. You know, it's not like he's a great actor. He's got he got the voice. That's that's it. The voice is really his key, right? He sells a a weird authenticity that feels fake as shit. In this movie, it works. In Riddick, the, the Pish Black, it works. Yeah, there's a reason he wasn't in Arbitrage. He was in that Find Me Guilty movie that people really liked him in that. Sidney so. Lumet. He got to work with him before the grave mm-hmm. took him screaming yeah. into the afterworld. I got to admit, you say he's he's not given a lot to do, but I love Ted Levine in this movie, in his little role. I love him in everything. He's always great. We In our old show, we actually interviewed him. I don't know if you remember. This is kind of a big deal. How, let me ask you a quick question. How many times did you crawl into the beats while watching this film? Did you just like just crawl into the beats, surround yourself with the music, just like a warm blanket as those songs hit you in waves? No. Uh, there's a club here called, I think it's a club called the El Gat Negro. Yeah, the black cat. Mm-hmm. Then there's a scene where the guy gets gets drowned in oil. He doesn't get drowned. He gets gets bothered with it, but he doesn't die. Yeah, because they're trying to figure out where their engines went. The triads. Asian gang, the yeah. triads or whatever. And they try, they're trying to figure out this guy. They corner this guy, this mechanic. He's responsible. They start pouring oil on him. And one of the guys, they, they ask what oil, what, what weight. Yeah. And the guy says, 40 weight sounds nice. What do you, what kind of oil, what kind of weight does your car take, Nick? I'm not sure, but I do. I think that was what they uh, auditioned Rick Yoon with was the 40 weight sounds nice line. It's like, okay, you got the part because you delivered the ultimate line. I don't think he delivers that line. I think it's his buddy that delivers it. He asks, 
I think he asked which weight. They I think it's. Go. I think it's his brother. His character is his brother. His brother's got a dumb name. Not a name you would expect. I don't know his brother's name. I know his brother in real life is Midge. <laughs> Callback. And his brother is played. He plays Lance. Yeah, he looks like a Lance though. Nobody should be named Lance. You know, things start to escalate. You know, race war is starting to happen. You know, got Neil Moritz in a Ferrari in a cameo. And he says a dumb line. That's the one they race them. And he says they're complimenting his car. And he says, what does he say? Like, something like, you wish, pal. And he says, Ferrari. He, like, he identifies his car. Right. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. He's like a surly driver. A rich white guy. They smoke his ass. Of course they do. He says, more than you can afford, pal. And then he says, Ferrari. Like, they don't know it's a Ferrari. You don't have to identify it. We know what it is. Vin Diesel kind of gives his begrudgingly gives his blessing to this relationship between his sister, Paul Walker. They start showing off the car's decals. What do you think about those dumb decals other cars have? I'm going to say I love them. Is it something they carry through to the other movies? I they don't know. Right? No. Then Debonair by Dope plays one of those <laughs> classic songs. I had to Shazam that one. I do like that Paul Walker like gets mad. He gives attitude when he when things go wrong, but he sucks. He sucks at his job. He's bad at it. Right. Although he's good at it, at, at technical parts of his job. Like calling in uh, for a license plate check or calling in for air, a helicopter for an injured person. Yeah. He's got that those procedural things down. Just the solving crime stuff is what gives him some trouble. Or infiltrate. Like he does kind of infiltrate, but there's a scene in this movie. Yeah, we he, talked about that in the auto body shop. Before he, when Vin Diesel and, you know, something's gone wrong and Vin Diesel and Paul Walker at a restaurant and, and this after this race where he. They're, he they're, not at a, they're not at a restaurant. They're at Neptune's Net. Fair enough. Which I think is actually Gladstones in Malibu. And they're having shrimp. And um, Paul Walker gets offended because Vin Diesel offhandedly says, I, I, you know, what's wrong with you? And then Paul Walker starts to cry, you know, basically just punk out. And Vin Diesel is like, I got the shrimp. The famous scene, I got the shrimp scene. And what happens with Paul Walker says? Yeah. What does he say? Do you remember? I like to pay for my own shrimp. Yeah, I don't pay for anything. I don't have anybody pay for anything in my life. I pay my own way. I pay for my shrimp. The police department pays my... Oh. <laughs> I have but a per diem. I like... There's a few things I like with a buck convention in this movie. Mm-hmm. First of all, they don't win race wars. They don't even... Uh, his name is Vin Diesel, actually. It's not buck convention. <laughs> <laughs> buck convention is more realistic. <laughs> he looks like a buck convention, doesn't he? Yeah. No, more like more like butt attention. That's what he pays the letty earlier. He grabs some tush. <laughs> yeah. What happens at the end? I'm saying, what is, I'm saying is they buck convention because they don't win race war. They don't even they're not even participating in the finals of race war. Additionally, another thing I like is he confesses to her that he's a cop rather quickly. It's not something he hides and hides and hides and hides and then reveals mm-hmm. at the end. He actually tells her rather quickly. In order he has to, to tell her, his it, brother's her brother's in trouble. I know, but he, right, he does the right thing, and he tells her, and she's and uh, once again, convention is buck. She doesn't slap him and walk off. She also realizes that they have to save him, so she actually grudgingly helps him. Is even her, his cartographer as he drives. Well, that's why he freaks out about the shrimp. Is he's trying to speed things up. He's trying to get this case closed. He's trying to ensnare the bad guys. But what he doesn't realize is that he doesn't want to ensnare them yet. Like he doesn't want. He he's on the fence. He loves Vin. He loves the gang, Nick. Yep. He's a, he's fallen in love with their rock and roll lifestyle, the family bond that has kept this series afloat for two decades. Yeah, and there's like a there's a couple scenes in here where he's shocked by their humanity. You know, and like there's a part where they say grace that he like they they make sure to show Paul Walker's face. He's like, he can't believe it. He's stunned. Even though the grace is car themed, he's still stunned that these fucking 
thieving assholes would pause a moment to worship some dumb deity. Can I can I repeat that prayer real quick? Mm-hmm. Watch your back. Watch your back. Watch your back. And there's another scene. There's another part where he's stunned by Vin Vin Diesel's uh, his non bad guy ways. So there's a. It's been building up to this moment where he instead of arresting Vin Diesel, he has to not arrest Vin Diesel. Did I put it beautifully or what? I think so. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a scene I really like at the end where Vin Diesel, the, the crew goes to do another one of their dumb hijacks. Yep. It goes wrong. The truck driver has a shotgun and he is taking aim at everybody. He is like. I don't know if it's a trap or what, but he is bloodthirsty and he is shooting at the crew. Old Vince, the romantic rival is like tied to the truck, keeps dodging shotgun blasts. Um, Vin Diesel, for some reason, is trying to rescue his buddy. That's that's a that's a bad. What does he want his buddy to do? Live. <laughs> He's reaching his hand out oh. to, I guess, grab him into the car, which doesn't seem like it would work. But Vin Diesel's got a lot of upper body strength. But guess who saves the day? Mr. Paul Walker. After Letty super fails. Yeah, Letty flips around. She's 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 grumpy for the rest of the film. She does a sweet move under the truck with her car, and then she does something wrong and flips onto a ditch. Yeah, I think he shoots mm-hmm. something, and I think she shoots a tire or something like that. Everybody fucks up, and then yeah. they send the other guy, the disposable friend, off to go get, pick her up and drive her around. And then Paul Walker shows up and solves some shit, ruins his sunroof. Saves the day. Yeah, saves the day. Has to call the cops because the because uh, the romantic rival Vince, I'll keep calling him that, is uh, shot up and dying. Right. So then he reveals to Vin, he pulls out his walkie or whatever he has, and he's like, cops, my fellow cops, come help me. And then Vin, right. Vin stares at him with the intensity of 12 suns. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that stare he's giving him like, I've got so many emotions going on right now. You're saving my friend, but you're a cop. Why were you here? What? You had a, a cop dick in my system, like all sorts of weird stuff going through his mind. You, there's a character you forgot about, the car nerd. He has raced his car and lost to the the triads. Instead of giving them his car, he just leaves. <laughs> Which I love. I love it. <laughs> Which you then forget about him. But at the end of the movie, they're like, "Where's that guy? We have to find him." You know, Vin Diesel's like, "I gotta find Jesse." Jesse rolls up and then gets shot to death <laughs> by, by the people that he betrayed. And so the end of the movie is Vin Diesel and Paul Walker going after these bad guys on motorcycles. Right. Um, and winning. And then Paul Walker has a chance to arrest Vin Diesel at the end. He doesn't. He, in fact, Vin Diesel wrecks his beautiful car, does a huge flip where you can see the motorcycle helmet inside the car, I noticed. The, and then um, can notice- or whatever, the protective gear. Okay. It wasn't just Vin's bald head. And um, he's all broken up. He's all battered. Paul Walker gets him out of the wreckage and hands him his keys to his car. He slaps him on the butt and he goes, get out of here, little guy. Go bye-bye now. Yeah, he he sends him away. But he, they do they do hunt down it. They, they send, um, what's the guy with the dumb name? Levi Lord? Yeah, I think that's it. What's the guy's name? Logan? Lance? Lance. They send Lance off on into a spiraling jump on his motorcycle. Mm-hmm. And then they oh, shoot, yeah, they, the whole scene, yeah. Yeah, Rick Ewan gets shot. Uh, he does, you say, gets I think he's totally killed, yeah. Yeah, I think he's dead. I, then Vin Diesel eats complete shit because they're they're racing. They have a big race at the end, like him and Paul Walker. They're pressing buttons. They're they're gas. They're they're doing their nitro shit. They're, they're dumb geek car shit. I think Vin Diesel wins or something. Whatever they, I don't know if it's conclusive. They both beat a train. Basically, that's the big thing. Yeah, they race and they they almost get hit by a train. They don't. 
Then Vin Diesel <laughs> isn't paying attention and runs into like a garbage truck and his car does like a 90 flips in the air. He eats total shit. Yep. And that's when his car gets all wrecked up. Paul Walker runs over to him and just checks him out, make sure he's healthy. And then go, get out of here, Bodie. You're fine. I'm a cop no more. Now, Paul Walker, is he a cop in the second movie? I don't want to spoil it. We'll be doing it real soon. I know he eventually isn't a cop. Or is he? Oh, God. This is the long con. Is Letty a cop? I'm not spoiling the magic of the Fast and Furious films. <laughs> is Ben a cop? <laughs> <laughs> I love in the new one that he's got some brother you'd ever hear about before now. He, right. Uh, John Cena in this. I think it'd be great if they introduced the mother in the next one. It's like, oh, by the way, Brenda Blevin is the uh, ter- Miss Toretto. <laughs> Hel- Hel- Helen Mirren's in those movies, the next one. That's right. But she doesn't play the mommy, does she? I don't think so. I Every time I see her, my life gets better. Yeah. So, you don't see her often, I guess. So look, this movie doesn't feature a ton of inked flesh but you could venture a guess that if you were to take a lesser known road sneak off into the alley and dimly walk past the cobblestone street signs listening to the pavement crack as you walk water trickling up and down behind the neon one could suspect a tattoo artist is waiting there needle in hand eyes are blazing ready to send darkness into your skin yeah dark ink i get it yeah what would you put on your skin so i i've got a uh it's spread legged back to us um vin diesel standing at a tempest machine and he's looking over his shoulder and he says i live my life one quarter at a time <laughs> playing tempest think he has ever flirted with being in shakespeare's the tempest yeah he was actually he yeah mm-hmm. Yeah. Did he trapes the boards, Nick. Is he a is he a theater actor? He, he, did he get his? Yep. Yeah. Did he um come up on the stage? Yep. Sure seems like it. Yeah. He's he grew up learning quite a few off Broadway things over the years. He did uh, the Free Jack stage play. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have a perfect on my shoulder likeness of Vin Diesel's beautiful face, which has not changed for twenty years. It looks the same. Right. Beautiful shaved head, just like a photo reel, looking straight at the camera type. What do you what do you call that? Just looking straight into the camera, that, and then underneath the fork and the spoon from that wall is the skull and crossbones, like under his head. It's pretty cool. Let me put a little pirate hat on him. Yeah, on top. Just you know that that's what I do. My tattoo. That'd be a badass tattoo. I just described a pretty great one. Yeah, he's you'd, just trying to make jokes here. You'd have to get a body glo- bodyguard. Why would I get a bodyguard? Check you know body body check people coming to try to tap that ass. A sexual attractant of that tattoo hurling them off of you i'll be like and they'd be like is that vin diesel on your shoulder like no that's his twin brother (laughs) all right let's talk about the twin brother he's got one that's all i know i know just know that he has a twin out there skin diesel just as successful i don't know what his name is but it's his twin his name is paul and he looks fucking nothing like him does he really they're twins though right they're not identical twins they are he is the he is the danny devito looks great yeah, he is a twin. Different parents. <laughs> Look, mm-hmm. you've been given the uh, opportunity to be a character in this film. Yeah. What shape does your performance take? I'm the ultimate prankster, like the fucking Riddler, you know? And I am at Race War calling Uber, and Uber is showing up at the starting line and being forced to race in the Race War every time. So I'm mm-hmm. just throwing Uber drivers into a tailspin because they're showing up, and then all of a sudden they're getting smoked. That's also you'd be the inventor of Uber because I don't think it was around in 2001. I don't go to jail. Like, I'm not punished for my crimes, but I got, they all give me a review. Yeah. And I'm like a one and a half. So it's, it kind of backfires because lo and behold, I'll be out 
work in the city. I want to get a ride to the nearest, you know, lobster shop and mm-hmm. Uber drivers dodging me like the plague. He's a 1.5. <laughs> Sent him out to the salt flats for fucking race war. So I get the lift app and everything's fine. <laughs> also, I invent. I would um, be a guy that would show up to these uh, race wars with, a, you know, my just my straight up Subaru Outback. <laughs> And just to track these guys would be to track because it's such a unique. It's a station wagon SUV, I guess, mm-hmm. and you know, kind of sticks out there because it has a lot of dings in it. You know, from Pebbles Road, it's got a cracked windshield, and everybody's like, well, "What's the magic here? What what does he do to this car to soup it up?" This guy, you know, I'd be like the the curiosity, you y- know. Yeah. Plus, I'd be super old, out of shape, mm-hmm. you know. So, like another thing is the curiosity. You know, Vin Diesel comes over, tries to get in my face, and I'm just there. I'm like, and I'm starting to, I'm starting to psych everybody out. Then I just, the, my legend just grows, and I never race. I just, I'm just like, there's just no point. You guys are too slow for me. You know, yeah, that kind of thing. And so I just become the kind of king of these races without even putting tire onto track. That's you huge. know what I'm saying. Yeah, these guys are looking into my car. I got like Fritos wrappers in the back seat. <laughs> I got like reusable bags everywhere yeah. for, for shopping, jumper cables that I never put back into the hidden compartment. Mm-hmm. These guys are like mysterious. This guy's fucking, I just become the, I just become the legend. And of course I'll be in all the sequels. <laughs> <laughs> You'll see my character. And the, unlike Vince and the other boring guy that don't really get to come back. Yeah. I feel bad for the characters that don't get to come back to the sequels. Yeah. It's a meal ticket for sure. Yeah, they they thought that those characters were so boring that they would replace them with like ludicrous, which they I guess they're right. Yeah, they, I mean they got a bunch of names, everybody there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you but you didn't put really put the the wrench time in to to my outback. Yeah, no. So you have give, been given the financing to create your own sequel to the Fast and Furious. I know it's outlandish, but the money is cleared escrow. Account is burgeoning. How are you gonna drop dime? Um, I would be the sequel would be the the slow and meandering. That's what it would be called. The slow and easygoing. I'm trying to think of the opposite of furious. The slow and steady? I don't know. It would be about a crew. It's the same kind of plot. Thieves, you know, but they 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 get their adrenaline up by racing and they have this it's cars, it's cars too. It's it's cars again. <laughs> But it's these guys, they're just, they get so into who could go the slowest during race. And the car has to be going. It actually has to be rolling, right? Yeah. So their races is they're doing these slow races. And when they hit buttons on their steering wheel, it slows them down a little bit more. (laughs) (laughs) And so they're having these races to see who can not cross the finish line before everybody else, but still be moving. And then, you know, there's there's a guy that's caught cheating because his car's not moving. You know, that kind of thing. That's that's what would be the slow and what is it what I call it the slow meandering, yeah. And then you, they, you see all these canisters in the car, mm-hmm. and the guy pressed the button. And it's it's nah, <laughs> right? It just like it ejects like a little parachute. That would be like a parody movie of this, right? A genius parody movie. Cruise ship shuffleboard tournament goes horribly bad. bunch of bunch of people are totally scamming people on the cruise ship. Get them to make. Obscene bets, and then sandbagging their ass off, and then running off with their dough, and just fucking giggling all the way to the other side yeah. of the boat, to the other shuffleboard table, and they just keep rinsing, repeating, just nailing people. So somebody's got to go into cover, and in a nice twist, it's Ted Levine's character, the older guy, has oh. to go break into the shuffleboard circuit. 
Yeah, undercover. Undercover. And Paul Walker is making sure he's not overdoing keeping him from having a cigarette. It's reversed. Yeah. And it's it's mm-hmm. it's it's Ted Levine adopting a persona and going in there and just fucking talking saucy with them with the dames on the boat, the gray hairs, sure. eyeing down those the scammers. Uh, and you think you know who the guys are that are playing it hard, but you don't. F- he fucks one of them, and you know he's faking that he has false teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is a good idea. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna add on to mine. Just picture like if you can't visualize my idea, just picture this: there, you're at the race. This there's a new guy. Okay. He's a fucking badass. Like he comes in there, lit, lit cigarette, tank top, mm-hmm. just king shit, just walking, strutting, you know. And then behind him is, is a car that's made up to look like a gigantic turtle. <laughs> like obviously did kind of a half ass job too, but it, it does have a gigantic shell on it. Right. Has a little paper mache head sticking sticking out of the grill. Little feet over little little uh, felt feet over the where the tires are. Right. So it's it's not. It's not it's not like bail in, in vice. No? No. Nah. Not worth the wait. <laughs> so the film is ended and there's a stinger. Now granted there's already a stinger on this movie, but let's add another stinger to this movie. Je- it's uh Jesse's funeral. The hearse is leaving the uh mortuary or the the mm. the, the sad house. What do they call the funeral home? Mm, sad house is fine. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And it's on its way to the graveyard. All of a sudden, cars appear on both sides of it. Graveling hook fires through the hearse's window, nails into the coffin, pull, peels off, jerks the coffin out of the hearse. Jesse's mm-hmm. body goes sprawling down the interstate, just un unfluffing, like all the stitches bursting sure. out. Like you know, body just spinning like a, a cool stiletto in the night. Cars wheel around, flip that coffin off into the dust. Pull like do like a three sixty over over Jesse and peel off into the night, you know. And then at this at the top of the hill, the sunset bottle of Corona clinks. Peace out, the ride of your life, Jesse. <laughs> the car nerd, yeah. Um, car nerd and the coroner got together. I feel like that they gave him a little bit more backstory that they cut out because at one point they he references his dad that's in prison, but they haven't had that conversation. Yeah, you know, Paul Walker's like, "What your dad?" Like you know, like they. They must have clipped that previous scene out that made you care about that character. So my deleted scene would be that you'd be, it's like a mental institution, like a hospital. You you, you zoom in through the halls into this padded cell. There's a figure there rocking back and forth. There's some, of course, some music playing because, you know, Rob Cohen wouldn't have it any other way. You outside, there's a shift change happening. Mm -hmm. And the guard is handing the clipboard to... The guy that's taken down the shift and he's like, hey, new guy. And the, the guy that the, the guard's like, what's what's his what's his deal? What's he in for? And the guard that the guard that's you know getting off work says sandwich crazy. And they zoom in the clipboard and it says Brian O'Connor. <laughs> and that's that's it. Uh, so, look, you've been given the financing to do your own Fast and Furious related business. What are you going to turn out? This is like actually a moneymaker for us. This is a valuable IP. Right. Did they they must do some products from these movies. Yeah. There must be some car oriented products. Yeah, they've been Matchbox. They have video games. Yeah, but even just like I wonder if they're car parts. Um, or Vin Diesel, he's got to be slinging some kind of car thing. Don't know unless they have they sell bald tires. <laughs> so I, you know, at the mall they have uh, kiosks. <laughs> so have you ever been? You know, the, have you ever seen one of those like where they have like a blimp and it's mylar? And they have like a little engine on it. And they fly it around. You've seen those things. It's like a. I just saw one today. Yeah. 
okay, well, they have them. And uh, usually they're shittily made. And the guy, those people are always giving you the shittiest made stuff. Mm-hmm. Literally breaks as you get home, right? Mm-hmm. I've got them and they are fucking super. You could actually patrol that thing all up and down the mall. They have a camera built on them. You can mm-hmm. use them to, you can use them to eavesdrop, spy on people doing stuff, send it around the mall or send it around your neighborhood, whatever it is. But it's made of mylar, so it's featherweight. But it's got a little engine on it and a little camera. I mean, you're killing it. It's, it's like a, a really slow drone. Yeah, yeah, like this episode, and <laughs> and uh, I've got I've I have completely plastered this this thing, made it an anatomically correct Michelle Rodriguez. Oh, so like God. every curve you can imagine, she's blimping out all over the mall. Yeah, okay, let's get let's got weird real quick. <laughs> and I, you know, it's 1999. Bargain. Mm-hmm. Two for twenty four ninety nine. You're selling anatomically correct blimp. Um, mylar blimp. Mylar blimp of Michelle Rodriguez. Shaped as Letty. Yeah. It's the Letty Zeppelin. That's what we're calling it. <laughs> Can you do one of uh of um Dominic? I could, yeah. We, the Vindenberg. <laughs> it's like starts like it starts like Dom, ends like his dad. My idea would be I'd do a toy tie-in. You know, you know Furbies, right? Uh, uh, very well, to be honest. I'd do a branded Fast and the Furbius, and it would be a Furby, um, a bald Furby with Finn Diesel's voice. <laughs> and Furbies, you know, they learn. Isn't that what they do? You talk to them, and they learn. They kind of repeat back what you say. Over time, they kind of... Is that what Furbies do? I have no idea. So let's just say it is. That's what, you, that's what I would do. Bald Furby with Vin Diesel's voice. That's um, harrowing. I think it could work. It's a Vin Diesel fucking Furby. It's a nightmare. Next. Floating at sea is an island. Mm-hmm. You've gathered debris from various films throughout the years. You have to pluck something from the morass of Fast and Furious merchandise and, and excitement mm-hmm. and place it on your island. So what from this movie are you taking? I take Paul Walker's blonde tips that he has in this. His highlights. Yep. Because I, I think that would help my image on my island. Because I, I think my hair wouldn't do that. I think my hair wouldn't look that sun bleached. It'd just get hot. Like my scalp would be burned. I don't have as much up top as I used to. So I take Paul Walker's blonde tips, his highlights. Just walk around my island. Feeling confident. Feeling feeling Brian. I, th- I bet you'd look good. Take his hips as well. So he takes his <laughs> tips and hips. So I could look slim. Yeah. Maybe his nips. <laughs> just want to feel better about myself on that island, Nick. Want to feel confident, so I take I take pieces. Yeah, <laughs> tips, nips, and tips. So I'm going to take something weird to mine my island. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got a, a special carved out. Remember in, in uh, Last Crusade, all the grails were in like a little alcove, right? Weren't they in little alcoves in the cave wall? Well, I've carved out a little spot in my cave. I got a bunch of light beams shining at it, and there's a spot there that I have taken something from this movie and placed it. And it's funny because like I'm so excited to share with people. Sure. Um, I'm not like Tarantino where I like to keep a mystery. I like to share. So as soon as, you know, if any any stranger wanders onto the island or if somehow somebody lucks into finding me, I usher them over. I said, hey, psst, psst, follow me. And I'll take them to that cave and I will show them Vin Diesel's soul. Oh. I took it. You did? I sucked it from his body and put it in the wall. And uh, they're like, man, that's fucking weird to take somebody's soul. That's demonic. I own it, you know? Duh. Case closed. Cuff me. Guilty as charged. Find me guilty. 
I said uh, it's demonic, and you cracked me. Like actually, it's Dominic. I'm gonna go get some more.